The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So while everyone is gathering, uh, why don't we just meditate for a few minutes? And relax your body. Relax the shoulders and the chest, the heart. Worries and cares that are with you, let them abide peacefully with your awareness. Relax the belly and the hips. And softening the legs and the feet. Relaxing the arms and the hands, the throat, the face. And relaxing the thinking. Relaxing all the thinking muscles and allow the big mind of awareness, kind awareness, to take in your whole body. Welcome everyone. So nice to see all of you. I want to talk about something um, today that I think is, is up for many people in this pandemic, but not only in the pandemic, but in our lives, in the complete span of our lives. The theme for today is our common humanity. And the Buddha pointed out in the First Noble Truth that a fundamental part of our common humanity is that we suffer. But we can be ashamed of our suffering. We can be afraid of our demons. 
I'll call them demons right now. I'm seeing something here. Oh, there's an echo. Is there an echo? Anyhow. Um, yeah. Um, it's, it's ironic because we all share these, these feelings. Uh, sometimes to some de- to varying degrees of fear, anger, shame, depression, and so on. And we consider them. Um, You know, we're kind of at war with them. We want to get rid of them. We're in conflict with them. We don't like them. This is not what a spiritual practitioner looks like. How am I going to fit in if I have these feelings with humanity, with my spiritual community, no one will like me? And that's the big fear. The fear that if I have these feelings, I'll lose connection. I'll lose connection with the rest of humanity, with my spiritual community. Spiritual people are supposed to be peaceful and serene and beautiful and radiant. So where does this fear fit into all of that? There's a Tibetan practice called Chad, which is unearthing the demons, welcoming the demons, saying hello to them as old friends. Hello, my old friend, fear. Hello, my old friend, hatred. Hello, my old friend, shame. Not to perseverate, not to go into the stories, That's not useful, but to feel them. First of all, they're a great friend because they wake us up. They point to awakening, they're a portal to awakening. They catch our attention. They pull us out of our slumber. But once we're awake, what do we do with them? Set them aside, watch TV, try our best to get into some samadhi. And there's an alternative when we unearth these demons is to appreciate them. What, what are you doing here, fear? What's this all about? My age-old friend. And appreciating there's something that we can love about these feelings. My fear has always been trying to protect me. It may be ill-guided, but that's its intention. 
It doesn't want to hurt me. It wants to protect me. It's my protector from being excluded, perhaps. I'm afraid and I run to my room, shut my door. Hatred. There are these, uh, these, these great angry Buddhist, uh, 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 Buddhists who are protectors, protectors in a huge sense. But our anger is, no, it just wants to clear away obstacles to our well-being, our happiness. It's angry at what's making us unhappy, disconnected. Shame, we want to hide what will not allow us to belong. So there's a possibility to feel these feelings and to appreciate them as what they are rather than running away from them and being ashamed of them. Saying hello to them. A different relationship than being at war with them, welcoming them in, embracing them, embracing our shadows, maybe even inviting them up, a little insinuation of a shadow might be knocking at my door and I just want to ignore it, get away from it. So yeah, I do something else. What about letting that in? Why not? We all share it. It's not as if you're unique in having this force, this energy, this power, this benefactor. We all have them. Why not let them in? Allow them. Appreciate them. Not to make them go away, but to be with them. Maybe even say to them, I appreciate you, or I love you. How would that be? To make peace with our demons. And not calling them demons anymore, but calling them maybe angels. And this can be transforming, just changing of relationship and bringing, bringing presence in this relationship, awakening presence, using the energy, the force, the power of these emotions to energize us, to energize our awareness, our awakening. I was watching a, uh, a movie and there was a villain. There is a villain in this movie. And I kind of hated that villain. And then I thought, what's going on here? That villain was, is in me. So if I can welcome my own pride which is, you know, yeah, 
I can welcome my own pride with love and with compassion, then I can have compassion for someone else's pride rather than judging her for her pride and discounting, oh, for her, the way I would discount myself. So this is bringing our loving awareness to our demons. So maybe let's try this a little bit in a meditation, if you could close your eyes if you like, or even leave them open and relax. And maybe scan your body and and see if there is some painful emotion lingering somewhere. And if not, you might even trigger one that you know so well. And let it come close to you. Let it trigger you. What you're afraid of what you wish would go away, what is distressing. And notice how you relate to this emotion. Is it wrong? Is it bad? Do you instinctively wish it would just go away? And then reflect, isn't this silly? Everybody has these. Isn't this silly to judge myself for having this? And then consider how this feeling is a portal to awakening. How it brings you to attention, it wakes you up. How instead of avoiding them, instead of trying to set them aside, going through them is the pathway. No mud, no lotus. These are not mistakes. Honor them. Offer them a respectful attention. And then search some more. What am I unwilling to feel? Fear, anger, shame. Where are they in my body? 
If you can locate them, you might want to put your hand over them. And now, in meeting them, soften, soften around the edges. Offer care to them. Thank you for trying to protect me. I love you and I'm not leaving you. And if you can't love them Call on someone else who can, a good friend, a spouse, a teacher, someone who you're completely at home with, or your deeper self who you are so deeply at home with. You've been with yourself all your life. You've witnessed everything all your life about you. All of your experiences so intimate. Support yourself in welcoming and softening to this part of yourself. Now allow these feelings to bring you into a wider sense of consciousness. Like a chrysalis wants to break out of its cocoon and become a butterfly. Widen with your loving awareness, which is who you really are. And allow your wider awakening, your loving awareness to be courageous and bold and inclusive and accepting. And holding the power, the force of these emotions, enlivened by the power and the force of these emotions.
and allow these to widen into a shared heart space of everyone in this, in this Zoom meeting today. Everyone holding these emotions is a shared heart space. We can hold all of us, all of ourselves. And by holding all of ourselves, we can hold all of each other in our heart space, in our loving awareness. And in this way, We don't have to be concerned about being included or belonging because we do belong. We are essentially loving, caring beings who belong. minutes if we could break into small groups and the uh, the prompt would be you know it's may, maybe to, to share if you'd like to share some uh, a difficult emotion or emotions that you're going through right now or that you have been going through. And if you don't feel like doing that, I mean, you don't you know, want to make yourself vulnerable, you're uncomfortable with that, that's fine. Just share what's happening with you right now. You know, the point is, the point of this group is that we're a senior sangha. We're kalyana mitla, we're, we're, we're good friends. We want to be good friends to each other. And by being vulnerable with each other, we invite, we can invite a certain intimacy with each other that's unusual. So if you feel like sharing some of these difficult emotions with each other, that's great. If not, just share where you are. And if you do, the second part would be, and how am I practicing with these difficult emotions? Okay. So I think most of us are back by now. Um, I'm leaving at noon also. 
Okay. So we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you had to say about this. This is such a, um, I think it's a great topic, so. <laughs> share, please. And when you'd like to share, just, how do you want to do it, Chris? Do you want to invite them in? or have Well, them? just, um, you could try just unmuting yourself and speaking, and hopefully we won't have too many collisions. Well, I, I, I'm, I, sorry, I'm, I'm unmuted. So I just first want to apologize because I cut out of my small group by accident a little bit. Um, what well, was while someone was talking. So I'm sorry. Okay. And I also just want to say how grateful I am to be able to be here by Zoom because I live far away. So I wanted to drive down, but when y'all started, but it didn't work out too far. So um, I'm just so happy to be able to share with people because I don't talk to anyone. So this is great. Thank you. Thank you. Where do you live, if I may ask? I live in San Francisco near the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, okay. I thought someone in my breakout group was in Scotland, so I wondered if you were really far away. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's amazing. Yeah. It's a gift of the times, one of, you know, the silver lining. Um, I, I'd like to say that I thought um, I thought that your uh, idea of thinking of, of the fear is trying to protect us. I thought that was really beautiful and it, it really struck me that we should really welcome fear because it's trying to protect us. I love that. Yeah, it, it gives more space. Yes. More space around it. It gives us some breathing room. I, I like the, uh, you know, we, we talk so much about letting go. I, I like the idea of letting in. Mm. Nice. Uh, so I, I'd like to, um, uh, so something came up in our small group and I couldn't put my finger on it. And um, it was um, in response to something David said earlier about um, uh, these emotions and protecting us and not, and, and being afraid or ashamed or whatever of, of the emotions um, uh, and letting them, recognizing them for what they are as a way of protecting us. Um, so um, so uh, this is a little complex, but uh, when I look at this really carefully, I see the, uh, uh, the way this works a little bit differently for me. Um, so it's not, I mean, this isn't always the case. I, I'm, I'm going through a particular thing now, but this is uh, with, a, with some events and uh, as we all are, and uh, this is um, a, a specific uh, event, but it's, it's uh, certainly characteristic of many things, maybe not everything. Um, and so what I'm noticing is that um, there's fear, there's worry, sometimes anger, whatever. And it's not like um, I want the emotion to go away. 
what I want, I, I, sometimes the, I like the emotion because it's big enough to keep me from seeing th- what, it, uh, what it's responding to. And so what I'm trying to say is there are sensations, there are events, there are things in life that come up that, you know, we can't do anything about, like a rainy day when we're expecting a sunny day. Uh, it happens. Um, and um, uh, I, want, I want the circumstance to change, not necessarily the emotion. Hmm. <laughs> now, that isn't to say I can make a change or that it does change. Um, and that's not to say that the anger that arises or the fear or worry, whatever arises, isn't a form of suffering. Um, it is, it's recognized as suffering, but, um, uh, the, the, there's something underlying this, which is, I want it to be different. And of course, now we come to um, anatta. <laughs> you know, we we we're not able to change that. Um, uh, that's there. That's the my comment about uh, the discussion we're having today. Um, I just wanted to say that um, <clears throat> I think the one uh, common thread that our group had, which was that we all have been listening to Gil uh, in the mornings and how helpful that has been, how wonderful it's been to actually see him and not just be listening to uh, audio dharma and how grateful we are that he gets up at the beginning in the dark and the cold and goes and comes comes to speak to us so uh you know i i think that i'd like for him to get that message that there are so many of us that are so so grateful for him to do that mm-hmm. right yes beautiful i agree i agree thank you i totally agree i've been going to his mindfulness class I went to the first one two weeks ago for a week, and now he's doing part two, and that's at 9.30. And it's just such a joy to be able to listen to him and see him. I agree with you, Linda. It's so much better to see him than just listening to him on audio dharma. And I really appreciate that he's, making himself available to us during this difficult time. Hi. Grazie. I'm turning it up. Is that really the background? I'm seeing a palm tree waving. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You're muted, Amy. You've got Hi, Kumi. Hi. I just... uh, Virtual background. <laughs> uh, may I just speak for myself? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And we had a wonderful, actually, group meeting. But uh, one, I really appreciated your guided imagery or guided meditation, David. It um, 
took me to dealing with shame, which I'm, and it came up um, in this safe space, and I've never embraced it as I did this time. Mm. And and just included in in me, and it's trying to protect me, and all of what um, the guided meditation. What I just flowed with it, and was just a, such a gift. So, thank you for that. And my shame, my whole culture. They say Japanese is shame culture, and and Western is guilt culture. <laughs> but it's just. A, it, it was just amazing to just touch into it, to own it. It was just, yeah. And then, uh, and then I came to, you know, Nassar was talking about India and, and 50,000 people and they don't have in town and they don't have a, not a doctor. And here we are. And you know, I just reminded how, why don't I live every moment in gratitude? <sighs> really? I hope I can remember that and cling on to that one. <laughs> Living gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I really liked um, this. I, what came up for me was fear and that I want to get away from it when that occurs. I'm having some, I had a bad injury before and I'm having the repercussions of that now for about two months now. But when I'm able to recognize and just let it in a little bit, what I find it, it mobilizes. It mobilizes my body and my thinking, and it helps me know what I need to do for myself. Do I need to, to walk? Do I need to sit silently? Can I sit silently? Do I need to have just some little interchange on the way to the mailbox with somebody or if, I'm, if I allow it to happen, if I allow it to come up, then I, um, I, there are these gifts that come with it. And that's a different way of looking at it, very much so. Uh, yeah. I really like the, the idea of being mobilized by your fear. I'm going to try that. <laughs> yes. Well, it just gets, it gets so uncomfortable that I think then my mind helps me in what helps, what allows that to move through so that I can be directed in, in um, my breathing or whatever it is. It's just, it's, it's just one of our uh, human gifts that we have inside of us and just setting aside and well, allowing it, just allowing it to, to befriend us. And it sounds like you're befriending it with your own, with kindness. So you're allowing it with kindness, which is, which is a relationship. It's a relationship of your kind awareness to the kindness of the fear, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, and it's that kindness towards myself that opens me up to more kindness of the people that I do encounter in these different ways. And so it's, uh, you know, I'm the opening. If I can be, if I can be kind to myself about what I'm going through, then it, it opens up that ability with other people. 
Great. That's the transforming characteristic of relating to it in this way, transforming the transformational power of, of love, yeah. loving the fear, loving the shame, loving the anger, that relationship of, of awareness that's infused with kindness. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I think we should take a, a bathroom break, just a brief bathroom break, and then Robert's going to uh, come on at, at noon. So I hope you'll all stick around and be with us. So just a, a, a quick one, maybe five minutes if that's okay, and just come on back. So it looks like most of us are back. Yeah. And if you're willing to turn your video on, that would be great so that we could all see one another. And if you prefer not to, that's fine too. So as we get started uh, with the second hour, I thought that uh, I'd begin with just a short centering sit as well, just to bring us back. And uh, I wanna thank David for a great first, first hour, leading us in the theme of common humanity. So <clears throat> I'm gonna invite you all to just find a way that you can sit comfortably in your seat, whether you're sitting at a desk or in a chair, just allow yourself to be comfortable. And if you meditate with your eyes closed, I'm gonna invite you to close your eyes. And if you need to do a few neck rolls or a few shoulder rolls just to check in with your body and <clears throat> help you settle down in your seat. And I'm gonna invite you to begin by taking a couple of deep intentional breaths, drawing the air in through your nostrils and then bringing it deep down into your belly. And when you exhale, exhale through your mouth. And take two or three nice deep breaths like that. And on the next inhalation, notice the quality of spaciousness that can be perceived in breathing in, 
your lungs fill with air, your chest expands. Quality of spaciousness is known. Breathe out the next time. Notice that a quality of release, of relaxation, of letting go is known by simply paying attention what it's like when you breathe out. And then in your own time, whenever you're ready, allow your breathing to return to its normal rhythm, pace, and now breathe only through your nostrils. And just relax into the experience of breathing in and breathing out. There's no right or wrong way to breathe. However, the breath shows up for you is just fine. Just get a sense of what it's like to be sitting where you're sitting on a chair. <clears throat> Feeling your feet on the floor, the weight of your body on the chair. And as you notice that, notice that the quality of support is known automatically. We know the chair and then we know the quality of support. We feel our feet on the floor. We feel solidness, support, groundedness, a quality of safety. Simply relaxing into this moment of arriving right where we are. In this moment, there's nothing that we have to do or accomplish or prove or perform. We're simply aware of being in a body, sitting on a chair, being grounded, supported, and safe. These are qualities that can be touched and known in any moment, in any pause, when we're distracted. So for the next minute or so, just relax in that sense of being safe, of being supported, of being part of a community. the quality of belonging.
And whenever you're ready, you can open your eyes and rejoin the group. So most of us have our videos on and if the people who don't have their video on would be willing to turn them on. What I'd like to do is I'd like us, we're all meeting in this virtual world here and with social distancing mandates in place, a lot of us are longing for contact. And in the beginning of this Zooming business, I, I really resisted it kicking and screaming, oh no, I can't do this and we can't really connect over, over this. But being sort of forced into it, I recognize that, you know, as I look at each person, I can see I can see you, I can see, I can feel your energy, I can tune into your body language, I can, I can connect, it's possible to connect in some way. It might not be the same as if we were sitting next to one another, enjoying a cup of tea together, but there is this quality of being able to connect. So um, what I'd like to suggest that we do is take the next minute or so and just let your gaze move from Hollywood Square to Hollywood Square to to the people that we're congregated with here today and silently just make a greeting of welcome and of brotherhood and sisterhood with one another. Just look around and and know that the feelings that you're offering to other people, other people are offering to you. It's as though we were sending loving kindness to one another. Just that sense of connection, that sense of community. And on the very edges of your screen, you'll see um, that there are two, two screens of photos. So move from screen to screen, and really take people in. Christy and Carol and Stan and Laura and Abraham and Linda and Patricia and Fiona and Ginny and all of us here, just welcome, welcome. We're part of a community. We're part of IMC. IMC has brought us together. And David's inspiration for this senior sangha is is brought us together. It's like we we are part of a common humanity. So on the theme of common humanity, you know, it's it's really up for us in this COVID nineteen crisis. You know, we came together originally as a community that was interested in in talking about or sharing what it's like to to age, <laughs> some of us kicking and screaming with that process of aging, but we, we, uh, that was our original, you know, impetus for coming together and it's perfectly valid thing. And so there's a 
quality of common humanity that we see in this common experience that we're all sharing. But when we look at the situation today with COVID-19 and the effect that it's having on us worldwide, um, we realize this quality of we're all in this together or this concept of we're all in this together could not be more real than when we imagine ourselves or experience ourselves going through that. And whether we're 20 years old or 70 or 80 years old, it makes no difference. Our experience of being isolated and sheltered in place brings up a lot of stuff for us. So I, I want to talk, um, follow up on, on the theme of common humanity just for a few minutes here. And, but when I talk about it, I want to give you an idea of what I'm referring to by common humanity. Um, so, so I'm going to define it in two different, I'm going to give you two ways to think about common humanity or two components of common humanity, which is a simple way to define it. So common humanity is the, the, fact that everyone on this Zoom session wants to be happy. It's a, common, it's a common wish, a common desire that we have. And another way of, of talking about this desire for happiness is that there, nobody wants to suffer. So even when people do really crazy dysfunctional things, there's some underlying motivation that that type of behavior is going to bring them some sort of happiness. And, um, you know, one of the things that Arthur mentioned in the, the breakout, if I, can, if I can use this, Arthur, I hope that I can, is that... Um, you know, wanting things to be different than they are is, is what creates contention and suffering. And that's what he pointed out. And yet, even knowing that, we still find ourselves doing that type of thing from time to time. So the sameness of wanting to be happy, not that our each one of us are the same or that the details of our personal narratives are identical, but that common wish for happiness is there. And then the second component is the fact that we really are interdependent. We depend on one another for our survival, literally. Um, <clears throat> we can see that in a practice, a classic practice type of thing. There's a lineage of teachers and teachings that we are the beneficiaries of. And we share this with our immediate circles and with larger and larger circles of people that sometimes we don't realize that we're having an effect on, but in fact, we are. So I want to say that when we practice and when we recognize this quality of of our interdependence, we realize that the choices and the decisions we make 
really are impactful. You know, if I choose to be, to live with integrity, then what I put into the world is integrity. If I choose to be grumpy and um, disreputable, what I put into the world is grumpiness and, and disrepute. Is that the word? <laughs> Something like that. So, so whatever we do personally in our personal practice, whether we're sitting on a cushion formally or whether we're just engaging in our day-to-day activities, we can never do that just for ourselves. We just don't live isolated in some sort of alternate universe where we're the only person and what we do doesn't make a difference because we're alone. So, so <clears throat> it's not just if we're doing things that would, would be disruptive in the world, but, you know, doing things that are positive. We used to, I spent some time uh, practicing in Burma and um, I was all alone in a rainforest in a kuti and just meditating my brains out all by myself. And I was like, you know, this is not just for me. At one point I realized this is everything that I'm doing here. I was doing for everyone else that was in that same monastery, every, and everyone else in the world. So, so what I want to say is that any degree of understanding or insight that we have is really important. It's not wasted. I remember Gil using the example of if you plug, you you push the drain down in a bathtub and it dripped, drip, 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 and, and the drip was a moment of mindfulness. He said, pretty soon the bathtub fills up. So another way of thinking of it: there's no moment of mindfulness. There's no moment of loving kindness, there's no moment of compassion or generosity or appreciation that is wasted. So as, as you begin to think of this you be, and, and reflect on it and you see the commonality that we share, you can see that um, just to recognize that we are all in this together and that the, the the essential things that we're talking about. You see, everybody knows what it's like to be angry. Everybody knows what it's like to be ashamed. Everybody knows what it's like to feel frightened or fearful. We all know those things. The narratives we tell about our anger and our shame and our fear might be unique to our, to our own stories, but nonetheless, these things are all common to all of us. So <clears throat> as you begin to think about this thing, you, you begin to see, oh, in order to be kind to ourselves, we're aging, you know, and we have issues associated with aging, and we're all subject to being sheltered in place. And now our aging things are on top of that, and this exacerbates the situation. You see, we begin to see that there's... <clears throat> opportunities to touch qualities of self-compassion and self-compassion isn't such an easy thing to to really um, 
uh, cultivate, but we, we see that thinking about common humanity can put us in touch with how, how we can recognize and intentionally cultivate the quality of self-compassion. So I, I'm going to give you three components of self-compassion that you can think about because these are also things that are common. So in order to cultivate true self-compassion, we have to be mindful of the fact that we're suffering. So we have to recognize that we are having a moment of suffering. You see, things are different than the way we want them to be in this very moment, and therefore I'm suffering. So the mindfulness, or this is a moment of generosity, this is a moment of happiness, this is a moment of gratitude, whatever it is. But in the case of compassion, compassion responds to suffering. So we're being aware of our own suffering. The second quality is common humanity and the way that common humanity wraps into the self-compassion component is that because we suffer doesn't mean we're damaged goods or flawed it means we're human beings and the recognition of that also ties back in with this quality or principle of common humanity and then the third component is to um, begin to cultivate a kinder, gentler, more tender, and, and responsible way of, of talking to ourselves instead of like beating ourselves up and saying we're not good enough, smart enough, young enough, strong enough, skinny enough, whatever it happens to be. You see, there's another way that we can begin to um, reframe our experience. So uh, as we get in touch with how to be in relationship to ourselves from a kinder perspective, and as we see that we really truly are in this together, whether we're focusing on aging or looking at this pandemic that we're all part of, um, it helps us to reflect or consider how to get in touch with the very best version of ourselves. So rather than focusing on the things that are really burying us or difficult to be with, it's like, it's a little bit like what David was saying, you know, you see, you see these shadows or you see these demons or you see these calatias and, and how do, it's not necessarily, I'm not suggesting that we turn around and say, I love you, although that's great if you can do that, but um, you can see that, there, that these things are really opportunities. They're opportunities for opening and to, um, and to examine yourself. And, and in the process, we begin to see what it would be like to just get in touch with the very best version of ourselves. So as you think about this, and as you think about what your own experience is 
in aging and you know the some of the things that you've talked about in the smaller neighborhood groups that you've been part of a, a number of you or when you think about just just in terms of the relationship that you have to COVID-19 you can you can see that there are certain challenges that will come up within you like there it's your stuff that comes up that gets in the way but there's also external challenges that come like we're isolated now by mandate and when you go out when i go out to the store i've got like double masks and gloves on and i I'm, I'm you know avoiding people and it's very unusual it's not very comfortable so there are these external things that happen our our medical systems are stretched to the max and our political system is wildly partisan and dysfunctional and technology is changing at a dizzying rate and all of this we're dealing with you see and simultaneously at the very same time there's the wish to be whole and the wish to connect and the wish to be generous and the wish to you know, take care of one another. And there are people all over the world, just like you and just like me, who have this wish and are doing what they can. And this is an expression of it. We're all coming together to be part of something like this. You know, so what I'd like to do is I'd like to um, just have you with this as a sort of a a priming of the pump, I'd like you to, uh, I'm going to have Chris put you into breakout rooms again. And I've given, uh, I sent her some prompts that I would ask her to put into the breakout rooms so that when you're in there, um, uh, you can talk about, and I've given three prompts. And so you can talk about all three if you want to, or you can pick one. And it's up to each individual how they want to do it. But let me just tell you what the prompts are. So the first one is, if anything were possible, what would you wish to be able to offer to the world? Because it doesn't make any difference if we're 80 or 20, as I said, we still have something to offer to the world. And it might even be wiser and more considered because we do have some experience. So if anything were possible, anything at all, what would you like to be able to offer to the world? That's the first one. And then in order to do that, in order to bring this offering forth, what inner strengths or resources are you most easily able to connect to and draw on? You see? What are the inner resources? Just think about them. It's helping you to, these prompts will help you. You know, it's like when I say, now pay attention to your breath. You're breathing all the time, but you're now intentionally paying attention to the fact that you're breathing. So these inner resources are there, but intentionally touch into them. So which ones are most easily, is it 
most easy for you to connect with and draw on. And then the third prompt would be, what motivates you to bring forth the very best version of yourself? Whether it's to be able to live comfortably within your own small circle or whether there's something else. What, what actually motivates you to be the best version of yourself? Okay. So Chris is going to break you into groups of four or five and uh, sort of self-time yourself so that each person, there should be about, uh, you know, four or five minutes per person. And, um, and when, the, when you're sharing with one another, for the people who aren't speaking, really practice active li listening. It's a real gift to be heard. And this is part of aging for a lot of people. We just don't feel that people are paying attention, are hearing us. So really practice what it's like to do this. You see, and you see, this is a gift that you can give to anyone, even if you're, it's learning how to listen to yourself. So Chris, would you take over from here? Sure. Do you want this to be a 20 minute session then or 15 or what? Uh, let's, let's do this to, um, uh, let's take this to uh, 15 minutes. Yeah. So I ran over a little bit. So our, our breakout will be 15 minutes and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll debrief it the way that we did with David's section. Ah, okay. Welcome back, everyone. So, as David did in the first half, when you came back, we would love to hear from a smattering of you. We have just um, uh, a few minutes here because I talked too long, <laughs> so I apologize for that. But. What, uh, what came up in your small groups and, um, you know, what, what did you share with one another? What was it like to look at those three prompts? And anyone, someone break the ice quickly because okay. we don't have that much well, time. I, I felt like what came to mind was compassion because uh, I felt like what I wanted to give to the world, I, I can't give anymore because I'm old and I'm, I have chronic disease. And it frustrated me because I, I'm a retired physician and I used to give healing to people. Mm. And when I saw what was going on with COVID-19, my first reaction was to go to New York where I trained and be with COVID-19 patients Mm. and volunteer and I couldn't do that and I was very frustrated so mm. what I can give to the world is compassion I mean in, in the condition I'm in I can still give compassion and what motivates me is compassion it was compassion why I went into medicine to begin with mm. and it's compassion 
<laughs> that motivates me to meditate and to understand myself better through meditation. Mm. I want to be in touch with that more. Thank you. Amy, thank you. And, and I just want to say that what you just shared is a beautiful act of generosity and to, to a, a recognition of what it's like to touch compassion within myself. And this is a way that we can give. You see, you can continue to give. You just did. So thank you so much. Other folks, Trudy. Well, our group uh, talked about humor quite a bit and humor as a resource and particularly learning to laugh at ourselves and our foibles and to be able to give that humor to a sad world. Mm. Beautiful. I don't have any foibles. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> there, I'm just giving a little humor to the world, you see. Oh. <laughs> okay. Other folks, just, I can't, I'm trying to, yeah. Gail? Go ahead. Uh, oh, there you are. I'm, yeah. I, um, when I, I found myself saying what I would most like to contribute to the world is more of this, what you guys are offering today. Um, I, I have the hope that more people would draw on each other and including each other's time to explore um, what comes up. Um, I, because I think a lot of people are, are shy about um, uh, even emailing, much less calling somebody else mm -hmm. if something is coming up in their life that they'd like to, to explore with someone else. And I, I just think so much of this process, and I appreciate you guys for, for helping us to mm. experience it today. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it's funny because sometimes sometimes we come together in groups and we're able to share things in this kind of a community setting that we don't even share with our closest family members sometimes. So how does that happen where we create this container of safety where we're able to touch um, parts of ourselves that we might not necessarily see. And this is a way for us to, um, to deal with things like loneliness, for instance. Mm -hmm. So I, I just read something yesterday that the effect of the adverse effect of loneliness on our health is equal to if we smoked 15 cigarettes a day, isn't that, isn't that interesting? Okay, we have time for one or two more. Linda, thank you. Um, I was just going to say that a couple of us talked about um, showing appreciation when we are out for those who are working and stocking the shelves and checking our groceries out and um, 
you know, always, always recognizing them as people, but actually, you know, verbally thanking them to be that they are there. And yesterday I saw something I wouldn't have thought of that I thought was so lovely. This woman had printed out large thank you uh, notes and uh, taped them on her garbage cans. Oh, that's nice. Which I thought was great. And then just as a quick aside, I would just like to say, Robert, you can never talk too much. You can never talk too much. Oh, thank you. Other people have a different opinions sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm welcome. I welcome all, all, all opinions. Yeah. Anyone I know. I know that there are people wanting to say something. Christy, could I just mention something, Robert? Sure. I just want to say uh, we we have created these uh, small groups, and people are really loving them. And um, and some of you are from far away. But you're certainly, you're also, you're welcome to join a small group. We can, uh, we, we have people from far away in these small groups. So if you'd like to be included, um, just let us know. Just write, write to, the, uh, to the website and we'll figure it out. Even, even if you're from Scotland, I don't know who on this. person group. from Scotland is in a small group. Scot Scotland's in a small group. Okay. Yes. All right. Christy, you were about to to share with us. Say thank you for and then Gerard had his hand up, I think. I'd like to just say thank you for those questions. They were very thought provoking. And mm. as I was listening to Linda talk, I talked about putting signs up for the delivery people and the postman or woman. Um, I hadn't thought about garbage cans, but mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I'd love to, if people have ideas is now that we, go out, we go into, if we go into a store, we're wearing masks, the people we're t looking at are wearing masks. All the emotions are hidden. And I'd love to have a way to say, I'm smiling at you, or, or you know, how to, how to connect with people on that emotional level when you can't see most of their face and mm -hmm. they can't see mine. So I, I don't have a, an answer to that, but I would say that, you know, it's said that the eyes are the gateway to the heart. So even if we can't show our smile under the mask, we can smile with our eyes and connect with people with, with the eyes. So in situations like this, we find ways to, to, we're social animals, we really want to connect so we can find ways that work. As I said in the beginning, even though it's Hollywood Squares here, over these last few weeks, I've learned to recognize, oh, I, I can see David, I can see his energy, I can feel him, I can feel Chris, I can feel you, I can see your body language. So there are ways that we can connect. And you have such a beautiful heart anyway, just to see, just to see you is enough to make me smile. Yeah, just start bowing in the store. There you go. That's great. Why not? People in other parts of the world bow to one another. Why can't we? We won't be able to shake hands for a long time. So, hey. Now we can bow or we can do the elbow bump. Gerard, you're going to get the last word, my friend. 
And that's a little too much. Maybe I should just stop while I'm ahead. Um, so one comment and then one question. In terms of, uh, Robert, your, your point about cigarettes uh, and an equivalent of stress with loneliness, that, you know, the body is really finely tuned. And um, when we experience stress, we downregulate our ability to immune respond and we upregulate all of the inflammatory cytokines and they set off fear and suffering and anger and the whole ball of wax. Um, and so this connectivity um, um, works in the other direction and that's shown equal, equally. Social connectiveness uh, is one of the major um, uh, non-risk factors uh, for longevity. The question that I have, which I think maybe relates to connectivity, is um, if anybody else agrees or has noticed that um, our Hollywood squares are um, disproportionately women, even if you adjust for age-related deaths. Is that I don't know if there's an answer to that, but I—that's a question. You're asking a question. Sure, you've got thirty seconds, Robert. Okay, so I don't have an answer for it, but I—I I think that an opinion I have is that little boys are not taught as children to connect necessarily with emotions that are related to heart. And so in a way, males are taught that anger is a legitimate emotion and safe to express, but anything else might be a sign of weakness. And so I think men, it takes more for men to break through that misunderstanding women tend to be more naturally comfortable with emotions. And so when you do practices, even, even in our practice, you look out at the Sangha and you'll see it's lopsided with women. It doesn't mean that women are more compassionate. It just means that they're more willing to be with, with the emotions that come up when you do practice. And that's been epigenetically coded for several hundred thousand years. Seems that so it's way. not a matter of whether your mommy or daddy or caregiver teaches it to you now. But it used to be a survival advantage. It appears it's a survival disadvantage these days. Right, right. Yeah. But it's, you know, in order to be compassionate, it doesn't mean that you have to be soft. It means that you have to actually be fearless, you see, because in order to, to face suffering, which is what awakens compassion, that requires courage. That's why they say women are the stronger of the sexes. <laughs> so we bow to all women and thank our mothers. So it's been a real joy to be with you this afternoon and to share um, 
these thoughts and these these conversations, and especially this sense of community that um, we've been trying to cultivate over the past um, few few months. Our next session will be the fourth Thursday of May, and that falls on May the 28th. So please mark your calendars. And um, if, if I'm sure that we're going to be meeting on Zoom, I can't imagine that we're going to be going back and meeting in person. But uh, it's May 28th and from 11 to 1. So <clears throat> when people like you and me and all of us come together to reflect on these things and to share um, our, our wishes to, to benefit the world and ourselves and to wake up, uh, we create a field of merit. And so really I, I want everybody to now lift their hands up and pat themselves on the back for being good citizens because every moment of mindfulness, every moment of practice is not just for us, but we give it, give it out to one another. So as we say goodbye here, once again, gaze through the Hollywood squares and wish everybody to be happy and to be safe and to be free mm -hmm. from suffering. So, and unmute yourself and wave goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Nice to see you all. We love you all. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.